Hi everyone, welcome to episode 9 of A Little Nerd Music, entitled Swimming in the Fountain of Youth. I'm Kelly. I'm Christina. And we have a lot of fandom news to get to before we get into our main discussions. Um, in case you guys missed it in the news, um, Amy Adams apparently was on a flight from Chicago, I think, to LA, and she gave up her first class seat for an American soldier. And took his seat in coach, which I think is really cool of her. Um, apparently, her family is like a military family. This is what I read online. I didn't know that. Um, speaking of Amy Adams, Christina, Enchanted 2 is going to be made. I'm so excited. I'm really, really excited about this. I know. It has been like seven years, though, so I feel like... You should have done it a long time ago. I, I think Disney's been a little busy with all the Avengers and buying Star Wars and everything. Yeah, but their little girl now will be like 20 years old. Are they doing it with like the actual original characters, though, or just the same idea? Um, I don't know. I was reading an article about how they might have it so that now Patrick Dempsey's character goes into the animated world. Or that they'll use Adina Menzel again and have her, like, adapting to the animated role that James Marsden. If it's a choice between Patrick Dempsey singing and Adina Menzel singing, I think it's pretty easy to guess where I want it to go. Oh, absolutely. But keep in mind, Patrick Dempsey didn't sing in the last one. Neither did Adina. That's true. That's very true. Only Amy Adams did, huh? I don't think even James Marsden. And James Marsden a little bit. I don't even remember him singing, but I haven't seen that movie in a, a while, so... I don't know, for sure. He sang when they were still cartoons. Oh, uh, okay. See. Um, and then also, there were rumors of a Hocus Pocus sequel um, that was going to be produced by Tina Fey. And I don't know if any of you guys remember Hocus Pocus, but it's like a Halloween staple. It might be my favorite Halloween movie. I know. Still, when I see a black cat, I think of um, Thackeray. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, that little girl was Thora Birch from, like, American Beauty or something. But the casting of the witches in that movie is just so perfect. I know. Um, for those of you who don't know, the original witches were Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. Um, but apparently it's not a Hocus Pocus sequel. It's just another, like, witch movie. That's gonna have like kind of the same premise, but it's not Hocus Pocus, which um, is like, I know it's sort of disappointing. But if Tina Fey is producing it, it's gonna be really good, I think. 
And hopefully she'll be mm-hmm. in it again. Yeah. She would be a hilarious, like, Sarah Jessica Parker character. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Um, and then also I read online on Monday that the Yahoo's annual Save Our Show campaign saved community for another season. I didn't understand this, though. So do they save a show every year? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that at all. They usually, like, save it, and then it goes into, like, um, like onto Netflix or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, I voted last year when I tried to save Smash. <laughs> Ouch. I know. That was disappointing. But, I mean, I'm not surprised the community won. Community is that show that always just clings on right by its fingernails. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like all the other networks are like those people trying to pry their hands off off the ledge. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, we had like three Twitter hosts this week, right? Christina? And you were not there for me during the great Chris Colfer freakout of 2014. Okay, so will you please explain to the people... What the culprit freak out of 2014 is. So I was having a slow day at work, so I was just kind of hanging out, and then I checked my Twitter feed, and everybody was freaking out because Chris Colfer had tweeted that, due to personal reasons, that he had been let go from Glee. And I was freaking out because it wasn't just Twitter, it's like MTV and E! Online, and everyone were reporting yeah, on it. Like everyone reported on it. And I was trying to text you, and I don't know where you were, and so I was just sitting there freaking out. And then, eventually, um, his manager talked to E! Online and said that it was a hoax and he had gotten hacked. And then, Uh after all that happened, then you finally got back to me, and then it was all over. I know. Well, okay, so, for some reason, my phone, like, randomly goes on vibrate when I don't set it to vibrate. So, I didn't even hear my phone going off, because I was like all around my apartment doing other stuff and then I looked at my phone and I had like all these text messages from other people too like oh my god Chris Colfer and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. and then I went online and I was like oh I see what they're talking about now um, but we're very glad that Colfer is staying on for another season well the last mm-hmm. season <laughs> yeah I kind of was waiting for him to tweet something but I think he he did um, yesterday Okay. So, um, also, another Twitter got hacked. Leah Michelle's Twitter got hacked yesterday morning. And I was, mm-hmm. like, sitting down, eating breakfast, just checking Twitter. And then it said, I want you guys to be the first to know I'm pregnant. And then it was, like, hashtag baby boy. And I was, like, that can't be real. So I, like, yeah. looked at it to see who people, what people, like, said to respond to it. And by the time I clicked to see the responses, it had been deleted. Mm-hmm. So it literally was only online for like 15 to 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So then that, yesterday night, apparently, Leah Michelle tweeted, she's like, I was hacked, I'm not pregnant, um, I, you know, like something like that, I don't know exactly what she said. And then Colfer tweeted her back and said, apparently if you need a babysitter, I'm free all next season. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and then someone changed the Wikipedia page from the Secretary of Defense of the United States, who is Chuck Hagel, and uh, someone changed it to Tim Howard of the U.S. That National Team. That was the team. best. That was the best. <laughs> Hilarious. 
I screen capped it and kept it on my phone because I thought it was hilarious. Um, sorry, I already feel safer with Sin Howard as our, as our Secretary of Defense. Seriously. Oh my god. <laughs> he did not deserve to lose that game. That broke my heart. I know. He should have gotten, like, MVP. But, uh, what are you gonna do? I was so disappointed with that game. They yeah. said that he had more saves than any goalie in the World Cup since 1966. Wow. That's amazing. Good job, Tim Howard. I'm sorry that it didn't work out for you. Um, also, in other news, Once Upon a Time has cast all its frozen characters as of, like, earlier this week. So, um, Scott Michael Foster, who was on, uh, Greek on ABC Family, is cast as Kristoff. And literally when I saw a picture of him, Christina, I thought he was the guy from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> he looks like oh, him. Man. No, not at all. <laughs> With the, like, floppy hair and stuff. Looks like Napoleon no. Dynamite. No. I think so. Not even close. I think you so. You are incorrect. <laughs> Well, anyway, and then um, Elizabeth Lale, who apparently this is her first um, acting gig, is playing Princess Anna. And Georgina Haig from Fringe has been cast as Elsa. And um, Anna and Elsa both really look like Anna and Elsa. Like, I'm impressed. I really thought that Scott Michael Foster looks like Kristoff. Yeah, he does. He does. With, like, the floppy hair and everything. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with their casting. That's pretty good. I can't wait to mm-hmm. see it. And what other casting news do you have, Christina? Well, um, Criminal Minds announced that Jean Triplehorn was being replaced by Jennifer Love Hewitt next season. Awesome! Which was not a casting I was expecting, because Jennifer Love Hewitt isn't really someone you'd associate with like a Criminal Minds type show. Actually, I, when she was on Law & Order SVU... It was, like, one of the best episodes I've ever seen. She was really good. Oh. Uh, she's underrated, I think, as an actress. Yeah, so... But, um, so... She's playing a character who had previously been doing undercover work... Okay. ...for the FBI. And then she is joining the Criminal Minds team, and we'll see how that goes. That's cool. I like her. I think she's underrated, too. Yeah. That's exciting. I'm excited to see how she fits in. Yeah, I've never watched the show, but... She's definitely one of the bigger names that's come into the show. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, so, Christina, did you watch Girl Meets World last Friday? Unfortunately. <laughs> we finally watched the Boy Meets World spinoff, Girl Meets World, that was um, premiered last Friday night. And, um, okay, first of all, the best part about it is that it aired at Boy Meets World old time slot during TGIF. Do you remember TGIF? Of course. It had, like, Family Matters, Step by Step, Boy Meets World, and then there was always, like, either Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, or Dinosaurs, or something else, <laughs> like, coming through there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so it airs at Boy Meets World's old time slot, which I think is really cool. Um, and that's probably the best thing about the entire show. I did enjoy Feeny. Yeah, Feeny's in, like, the last two seconds of it, and, um... Minkus's son is in Corey's class, which I think is awesome. Wait, that's Minkus's son? Yeah. Did you? Oh, there's like a trailer oh. for the whole season, and then oh, I didn't. Oh, uh, they that. showed Minkus, and he's like, "That's your son." 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I think Minkus is like a recurring character. Okay. So that means that the kid's name is Sparkle Minkus. Oh, poor kid. I know. Um, yeah. And then I liked that all the like credits and everything, like, after they do the main title credits, like all the like executive producer credits and everything, look the same as they did on the old show. Mm-hmm. Which I think is kind of cool. So like really 90s looking. Yeah. And yeah, it was pretty terrible. But I definitely will be watching it for like Minkus and Sean and Mr. Feeney and Koi and Topanga. Because mm-hmm. otherwise it's terrible. It was really, really, it was really bad. Yeah, but it already has a full season. I'm telling you, by Disney standards, it's awesome. But can I also point out that the random woman they kept running into on the train was the mom on Sister Sister? Yes, it was. Which was also on TGIF for like a hot minute. Yeah, I can't even remember. Yeah, for like a little bit, Sister Sister was on um, TGIF. And then there was the other show that their brother was on. And that was on TGIF. God, such good time. The entire show just felt like it was a cookie cutter Disney show. Yeah. That they slapped like the Boy Meets World label onto. Well, that's what that's what they were going for. Ugh. It was pretty bad. But it will get a full season. It has a full season. So we'll see. That's kind of I feel like this is all we're gonna be talking about until something exciting like until like Ryder Strong comes back of like Will Dell. I was literally sitting there watching it and trying to remember, like, was Boy Meets World this bad? No, it wasn't. It wasn't this bad. Boy Meets World was awesome. But I feel like maybe the first few seasons weren't that good. And I also feel like in the time period when Boy Meets World was on, that kind of flowed better. Yeah, exactly. I think so, too. Um, So, Christina, we're going to start a kind of semi-regular new segment called um, New Obsessions. Working title. I noticed that looking at our little outline. I know. So, um, what is your obsession of this episode, Christina? Well, my new obsession is the show called Dominion on Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, did you ever see the movie Legion? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so... The plot line for the movie is basically that angels kind of go into war against humanity because God has left, okay. pretty much. Okay. Like, like God gets fed up with like humans destroying the world and kind of is done with them, mm-hmm. and then a um, certain faction of angels blame humanity for God leaving, so it turns into a huge war um, between. Gabriel and a bunch of the lower ranking angels who have to possess humans to be able to do anything. Okay. But Michael is still on the side of the humans. So the movie is basically him fighting all these other angels to protect this small group of humans. And um, this one woman is pregnant and ends up giving birth to a baby that's supposed to be like the chosen one. Okay. So the t- the TV show picks up from the end of the movie. Oh, so it's like, it's like a TV show version of Legion. It's not even that. It follows the movie after. Oh, okay. It's like what happens after the movie. Oh, okay, okay. It picks up like 20-something years later where the baby is a, like an adult 
Okay. So it's kind of following that storyline with him realizing like his destiny and um the kind of war that the world is in right now between also different human factions that have developed post kind of the apocalyptic type scenario. Okay. Interesting. Did you see the movie Legion? I didn't even know you saw that. I I saw it on Netflix like one day oh, okay. a year ago or something. Um, it was funny though because the woman who gives birth to the chosen one in the movie is Adrian Palicki. Oh, nice. So it already had a kind of supernatural. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, Adrian Palicki plays Sam's girlfriend in the pilot of Supernatural. Yeah. Anyway, continue. So the writing on the show is not the greatest. Like, I think it would have benefited if they were playing two episodes a night to start. Because each episode so far, you don't feel like they're progressing the storyline very much. Okay. It's definitely one of those shows that would is going to do better later when the entire season is on Netflix and people are mainlining it on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that might be the case. I know a lot of shows like get more followers after the first season. Mm-hmm. I think probably the best-known actors on the show are um, Anthony Head, who was on um Buffy is one of the main characters. Uh-huh. And Chris Egan plays the chosen one and he was on this show called Kings with Sebastian Stan a bunch of years ago. Oh, okay. Um and I'm really liking the guy who plays Michael cuz he's a British hopper. Nice. That's awesome. Yes. Um So it's kind of interesting, though, that it's a, it has a big supernatural-type vibe, except it's not, like, funny in the same way. Like, it has its funny moments, but it's not comedic. Right. It doesn't, like, have funny lines that are trying to be funny as much. It has, like, funny lines and, like, things, but just, like, the ones that kind of normally come out in life, it's not, like, a funny episode right. and, like, a funny scene. And there's definitely a lot more um, queer representation than on Supernatural. That's good. Like, one of the main characters is a queen from another... I don't even know what they're calling them, like, kingdoms or cities or whatever. Um, And she's married to the queen of, like, some place that they're trying to get use of the Air Force from. Oh, okay. Because each, each... town like the show takes place in las vegas which is called vega now okay so it's kind of cool because you see like how they're kind of using the old buildings from the las vegas strip like in this normal like day-to-day life yeah but it's like every place has resources based on what was there when the angels attacked Hmm. so these queens live somewhere that was near some Air Force base, so they kind of inherited the U.S. Air Force. Cool. So that's kind of, like, the way it's going. But in this last episode, um, one... So the big thing that happened in the pilot is that higher-ranking angels have started getting involved that can look human. So one of them took it upon himself to try to kill Michael, to thinking the Chosen One would, like, fall apart or something. So he stabbed Michael, and we don't know how he's doing at the end of the episode, but then the angel goes back to Gabriel and tells him what he did, and then it's very much one of those like 
scenes where like I'm allowed to hurt my brother. You're not allowed to hurt my brother. You do that again and I'll kill you. <laughs> That's funny. And it was really intense and really good. And I was just like, oh. Okay, when you put in the show notes, okay, so in the show notes, Christina put way more gay, seriously, super badass married queens. And I was like, Christina, that's not very nice to be calling people queens. No, they're literally queens. I know, but I didn't know that when I read the show notes. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Oh my god, no, they're actually queens. Oh, another cool thing about the show, though, is that the angels actually have wings. Oh, they don't just have wings when they die? Like on Supernatural? No. Yeah, they have, like, actual wings, and they're really cool. That's pretty cool. And they fight with them, and I guess they're sharp, so every time they swing, like, a wing at someone, they can, like, slice them in half. Oh, that's crazy. Like, razor wings. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty cool. So that's the show I'm enjoying right now. Nice. Well, as I've been saying for the last few weeks, my obsession is The Bachelorette. And I I just have to talk about this last episode because it was so insane. Like, I literally was sitting on my couch going, no way, that did not just happen. So there's this guy, Nick, who, like, he, seriously, I don't know what's wrong with him, but he, like, thinks that he and Andy are, like, it's only him and her in a relationship and nobody else. And so he's like, I don't care what the other guys are saying. Like, Andy is my girlfriend, blah, 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 blah. He's like, they all think that they're dating her, but she's going to pick me, blah, blah, blah. And then he, like, went to her room. Okay, so first he went downstairs in the hotel in Belgium. And he, like, went to the bell desk, and he was like, I lost my room key, but I don't remember my room number and it's under my wife's name, and then he gave Andy Dorfman's name, and they, like, gave him the room number, which... Oh, my God. I know, I'm like, that's so creepy. Right? Isn't that creepy? And then when he knocked on the door, at least he didn't use the key to get in the door. That would have been super creepy. Mm-hmm. But then he knocked on the door, and she opened the door, and she's like, hey, what's wrong? And he was like... Then they showed, like, his little like, one-on-one with the camera. And he's like, I love that her first thought is, oh, good, it's him. And I'm like, I don't think that's what she said. Yeah, no. (laughs) So I was just like, because this is the first time I've watched it by myself in a while. I usually have, like, a bachelorette viewing party. And this guy is insane. I was watching it by myself. And I was like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) This guy is, like, he is seriously the most insane bachelor I've seen in a while. It's super creepy. So anyway... I'm still getting over the fact that they gave him the key. Well, okay, first of all, you know that stage, because he came downstairs with a camera crew. Oh, okay. But oh, yeah. still, yeah. still, it's pretty bad. Um, yeah. And they've never shown that before. Like, guys have gone to the bachelorette's room before, but they've never shown him going downstairs to get the key. Like, I think they did it to show that he's creepy. <laughs> oh. I like, want to see how creepy he is here let's show him this it's really creepy I know. so anyway next uh, this Monday is hometown dates so there's only four guys left and I'm excited and then it's that uh, men tell all where they bring all the guys back and they're like brag on each other and that's awesome too <laughs> seriously best trashy reality show ever um, so yeah that's going to be my obsession for a while Sorry, Christina. (laughs) If you watch it, you would enjoy it. Trust me. 
I did watch it when I had a roommate who was really into reality television, and I felt like I was dying inside. Yeah, it's, no, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it's so bad, it's awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. That I will accept. Yeah. I'm like, it's so terrible that I'm like, I love it. I kind of want to try I want to marry Harry. <laughs> it's already canceled. I, I know, but I kind of want to see the ones that aired. Yeah, those girls have got to be real, real dumb to get on that show. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Alright, let's move on from trash and reality, because we could go on for a long time about how bad reality television is. <laughs> um, so last week, they released the first Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1 trailer. Did you see it, Christina? Um, no. <laughs> Alright, so... It plays like you're a citizen of Pan Am, and, like, President Snow is addressing you about, like, the state of Pan Am. And then, like, like it's just a voiceover, and then you'll see, like, they pan around, and then you see President Snow's face, and then you see, like, a body standing behind President Snow, and then they pan up, and it's PETA. No. I know. And I was like, no, PETA! Because, in case you guys forgot, in Catching Fire, at the end of the Hunger Games, they got Peta and Joanna Mason, and um, Finnick, Beatty, and Katniss are with the Rebellion. I almost said the Rebel Alliance. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, they're with Han Solo and the Rebel Alliance. Exactly. Um, I know, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see the movie, because obviously I the books are amazing, and Mockingjay is, like, my favorite. Uh, okay. Yeah. So. And then we also have this new movie called The Interview coming out sometime this summer. If it ever does. I saw the trailer before a movie. I can't remember what movie I saw before. I thought it was, like, one of those joke things where it was going to be, like, don't have your cell phone on during the movie. But then it was an actual trailer. Yeah, I saw it in front of 22 Jump Street. So I don't know if you saw that. No. But, um, okay, so for those of you who don't know, it is a Seth Rogen movie about, like, a guy plotting to assassinate Kim Jong-un of North Korea. And so it's really terrible. Like, I'm like, seriously, what were they thinking? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a joke, too, the first time I saw it. And, like, they actually said his name in the trailer and stuff, and I'm like, that's stupid. You are dumb. Yeah, let's try to piss off the one world leader who is so psychotic that he could actually freak out about you mentioning him. I know. And then, like, I was reading an article online, and they're like, could a movie actually start World War Three? And I'm like, well, that might be taking it one notch too far, but <laughs> but I can't imagine that they I was would... reading, though... It's because um, in North Korea, they don't have an independent press. Mm-hmm. So every like movie or article or anything that comes out gets cleared by their government. Okay. So they don't understand when stuff comes out of America. So like this movie coming out, they think that by it coming out, it's approved of by the U.S. government. Oh, so they think that we follow the same rules. It's like they know we don't, but they don't get it either. Mm. Kind of. Yeah. Well, I think... Even, you know, aside from all that, I think that Seth Rogen and James Franco are dumb for even thinking of making it. They should have made up a country. And made up a dictator. 
Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's just dumb. It's just really stupid. Just goes to show you how dumb Americans are. I did enjoy um, Seth Rogen tweeted about it. Um, saying that usually no one wants to kill him until after they spend twelve dollars on a movie. <laughs> nope, now they just want to kill him now. Yep. Sorry, it's not again. Um, so we'll see if that movie ever actually comes out. I bet it does. I don't know. I don't know if it will. I wouldn't be surprised if it came out as planned, because I mean, the North Korean like press agency or whatever is already spinning it like, oh, like. This is how desperate the U.S. is to bring us down. That this is the best way they can think of. Oh, look how weak they are. Mm. So, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so moving into Broadway discussions. Um, according to Entertainment Weekly, The King and I is coming back to New York City, and I am so excited. I wish I could go see it. <laughs> I was excited about the casting. Oh. Yeah, I like Ken Watanabe. Okay, so Ken Watanabe is playing the King of Siam, and um, Kelly O'Hara is playing Anna, and she was nominated this year for a Tony for um, Bridges of Madison County. I was trying to explain to people at work that she's becoming the Leonardo DiCaprio of the Tonys. <laughs> That's funny. She just keeps getting nominated and never gets, never gets it. I think like five times now. Oh, that's sad. I know. Um, so anyway, it'll open at Lincoln Center on April 16th of next year. Um, I like that they're bringing back another Rodgers and Hammerstein movie. Because mm-hmm. they did that with Cinderella, and now they're bringing the King and I. That's awesome. Um, Yay. I want to go see it. But I won't. <laughs> Let's be honest, I won't get to. <laughs> um, and then... Andrew Vannels is replacing Neil Patrick Harris in um, Hedwig on the Angry Inch next month, right? Mm-hmm, for a limited run. Yeah, only a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend that just went to see Neil Patrick Harris, and she was like, he is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I bet, running around in those heels all night. She's like, yeah, him and Billy Porter are just running around in heels all night. I'm sure they're all the actors are amazing. It's just I've never gotten into that play. Yeah, I I've never seen that play. But from what I saw I'm not a big fan of like that glam rock music most of the time. Me either. So you didn't like um what's that movie? Velvet Goldmine? <laughs> movie is insane. That movie is on crack. It is on crack. Um yeah, I, I don't really know much about Hedwig. Wait, someone said to me, and I can't remember who it was, I just, like, shortened it to Hedwig. I was like, oh yeah, I know Patrick Harris in Hedwig. And they're like, oh, is that a Harry Potter play? <laughs> and I seriously, like... I thought he was the owl. I looked at them like, are you kidding me? And I just, like, turned away and just kept talking to somebody else. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, yes, it's a play entirely about Hedwig, the snowy owl. I'm trying to think of what kind of music that would have. <laughs> John Williams music. <laughs> or just like really happy songs like um, Rio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome too. Anyway, I realized the other day that we completely forgot to talk about the Tonys that aired like right after one of our episodes. 
Um, so we're just going to quickly gloss over all the stuff that we liked about it. Um, I will try to remain calm. Remain calm? Why? What did you do? <laughs> I was really upset about this actor. Oh, okay. So first of all, Hugh Jackman hosted, and he's amazing. Yes. I did not really understand the whole bunny hop opening, but whatever, he's awesome, and I'm impressed that he could do that for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, Adina was um, sang from her new musical, If Then, and it was amazing. The song was called Always Starting Over. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know why you wrote this in the notes, Christina, so why don't you explain what you wrote in the notes? Oh, the song is um, the parts that she sang, because the play tells two different storylines, like you're at a point in your life and you can go one way or the other, and then the play shows what would happen if she went each way. Mm-hmm. The part that she sang at the Tonys is basically like, thanks for loving me and then thanks for screwing me over, yeah. kind of. Yeah, that's what she sings. And so so that's the entire song, so the entire time I'm thinking that like the... In her head, she's just like, F you, Tay. <laughs> I know, they were like the world's cutest couple. <laughs> and now he's dating like some model. Oh, really? I mean, he's hot. Mm-hmm. But so is she. Um, also, I, en- she's I awesome. enjoy Jonathan Groff's op- um, introduction of the Dina Menzel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talked about how in the last year he worked with her, and I was like, no, you did Glee together like two years ago. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, Frozen. Frozen. <laughs> and then he calls her wickedly talented, uh, which was a big snub yeah. to John Travolta. It was kind of hilarious. Everyone laughed. <laughs> um, I did not enjoy the 10th anniversary of Wicked. I thought that was dumb. Hmm. I was, like, yeah. watching it, and I'm like, you ladies do know that Adina Menzel is sitting in the audience right now, right? Do you realize, though, that when Wicked was originally at the Tonys 10 years ago, Neil Patrick Harris was hosting? Neil Patrick Harris usually hosts the Tonys. I know. It just blew my mind that is he's been doing it for, like, over a decade now. I thought it was funny, that one joke where he was like, when I told Neil that I was hosting the Tonys, he said to me, wow, that, wow that's fantastic. I mean, that's what I think WTF stands <laughs> for, right? <laughs> Yeah, that was perfect. That was pretty good. Um, I know that you wanted Ramin Karim Lil, right? That's his name, yeah. To win this year. Yeah. But um, obviously I didn't see any of the shows this year, but I did think Neil Patrick Harris was good in the one thing that he did at the Tonys. But I think that he was good, but even comparing that to when I saw Les Mis, like, the vocal perform it's just not even comparable yeah well i mean like he didn't really get like a shining moment in the lameness um performance so i can't really judge yeah it's like you should definitely look it up on like youtube later or something it, it's literally like one of those performances that gives you chills <laughs> i'll have to find it on youtube if i can Take that I did enjoy, though, that the Les Mis performance was introduced by Emmy Rossum because Ramin played her father in the Phantom of the Opera movie. Oh, he did? Mm-hmm. Very, very minor role. Oh, yeah. That does look like him. Hmm. I do like Emmy Rossum. I mean, she's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean for that to run. 
<laughs> I think she was tweeting about how they gave her like the phonetic pronunciation of his name, and she's like, "I know." Oh yeah, she's like, "I already know him." Anyway, um, speaking of theater, Christina, let's get into our main discussion about Jersey Boys. Hmm. Yay! It made me sad. It made me sad. Why does it make you sad? Because I thought it was going to be a lot better. Oh, that's why you're sad. I'm like, it's not a sad movie. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be a lot better, too. I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't more musical. Like, halfway through the movie, I just started ignoring the fact that it was a movie and just pretended I was listening to my iPod. Yeah. I, I thought it was weird that a lot of the quote-unquote musical performances were just, like, on the jukebox in the background. Yeah, that threw me off, because I kept waiting for certain songs, and I heard it, like, playing in the background at the diner or something. Uh-huh. I'm like, no. The best part of the entire movie was the end. Not because it was the end. Yeah. But because they did the they did the final credits, like, Dows on Broadway, which I thought was kind of cool. It was perfect. I wish the whole movie had been like that. And they used the actual song that they used during Bows. And do what? Because when they do Bows in the show, they do Oh, What a Night. Yeah. I know. Which I do not understand why they cut that song for the movie. I don't know. It's a good song. One of my favorites. And it's like, and they still use the music because the music for that song is used as a theme throughout the play. Right. But then they just took out the song and it was like, what's going on? I know. I don't know why they did that. Um, (gasps) But, okay, let's just talk about each of the four seasons because they were all individually awesome. John Wayne Young, oh my god, I love him. I wanted to give him a standing ovation at the end. <laughs> Even though I was in a movie theater with all old people. <laughs> they would have been like, what is that crazy young kid doing? <laughs> That's that young whippersnapper. Okay. I know. Um, but it's kind of amazing how much he sounds like Frankie Valley. Well, he did win the Tony. I know, but it's amazing. Like, I was listening to actual Frankie Valley on my iPod and then like right after the Jersey Boys came on and I was like wow he does sound like him a lot and he did a really he didn't get the role when he first auditioned oh really for the play because he auditioned when it was still like in the workshop oh okay but then like he kept auditioning and auditioning and then they finally gave him like the lead role when it went to Broadway nice well he definitely deserves it I think he was an usher when he auditioned an usher in one of the theaters? Yeah. That's awesome. Can you imagine going from, like, ushering to winning a Tony? Seriously. Um, okay, so then Michael Lomenda, who played um, Nick Nasty, is that his name? Um, he, was, he was in the touring cast, and I thought he was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Better than I expected him to be, actually. Yeah. Um... I like, like, their whole, that one scene where they're all fighting, and then he's just like, I want, I want out. Yeah. I thought he was, like, really good in that scene. I just like when he started ranting about the towels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, he was really good. And then, oh my gosh, Eric Bergen, I love him. <laughs> he was the Bob Gaudio I saw when I saw it in San Francisco. Yeah, he was, um, Bob Gaudio in the touring cast, and then he was also, um, in the Vegas cast. Mm-hmm. But you, so you saw him live. Was he as good live? Yeah, he was amazing. 
he was really he was definitely the standout when I saw it. That's awesome. I wish I could have seen him live. Plus, he's really cute. Mm-hmm. And also, he was on Gossip Girl in some of the same episodes as Aaron Tveit. Okay. <laughs> Maybe they're like Broadway buddies. Broadway episode. <laughs> And then the other guy, he is the only one that wasn't um, in any of the casts. He's just a newbie. Vincent Piazza. Oh, he wasn't in it anywhere? No. Oh. He was the newbie. And he held his own, like, considering... What's his character's name? I can't remember. Tommy DeVito. Tommy, yeah. He, like, carried basically the whole narration. He did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For being the newbie. Um, Yeah. The thing that bothered me the most about the whole movie, though, was when they went to the um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction, and it was yeah. 1990, so they were supposed to be 55 years old, and whoever aged them, like, went way overboard. They looked about, like, 95. Hmm. I'm like, why are they so, so, so old? That does not make sense. I thought that they would be older than their 50s, though. When they gone to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, I was I. This is how bored I was in the movie. I did the math because <laughs> in 1951 or 61 is that when it started? No, 51. Something like that. Um, he's 51. He yep. said he was 16. Okay. So at least Frankie Valley would have been 55. Mhm. But yeah, that really bothered me a lot. And it was weird because they didn't do anything to show variation in ages through the rest of the movie, even though there was no way John Lloyd Young was 16. Except that they kept making Eric Bergen's hair grosser and grosser. Yeah, but that was just because of the time. As it progressed into the 70s, his, his hair got just disgusting, and he got, like, more facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think I wanted it to be so good. I think the problem is that we have really high hopes for it. I was the only one laughing at jokes in the theater, though. I felt weird. I was in a movie theater full of, like, 50-year-old people, so. But, like, literally no one was laughing at the jokes in my theater. I'm like, people, that was funny. (laughs) Don't you hate that when you're the one person laughing or, like, you're the one person that's like, (gasps) when something scary happens? (laughs) It's like in the one part where they're talking, when they met Bob Crew. Yeah. And he's like, you need to remember this was at a time where people just thought that Liberace was theatrical. Oh, yeah, I laughed at that. My mom laughed really hard at that. <laughs> and I was laughing, and everybody else in the theater was just like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really, people? I was Maybe they're, they're being Liberace fans. <laughs> um, the guy that plays Bob Crew, he was, he's on Law and Order SVU, and I was really stoked that he was in the movie. <laughs> I'm like that. I could not figure out what I knew him from. He's on Law and Order. That's how I know him. Yeah, I like him though. I thought they, I thought he was pretty good too. I just, I think the problem is that I really had hopes for it, and it was not as good as I wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it could have been so much more fun. I feel like it wasn't that fun. It's because it wasn't a musical. It was a movie with music. Yeah, where they happened to sing once in a while. Yeah, it didn't have the energy of a musical. Yeah, exactly. Um, however, if you like the musical, I do recommend the movie. 
I mean, it, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't what I expected it to be. You should see it, but try to see it on matinee. Why do you think that? Because I, I don't think it was worth full price. Oh, <laughs> that's why. I saw it for free because I went with my parents and they paid. Well, I had to pay for my own ticket. <laughs> I, I also had to see it with my parents, so there's that. True. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get into the real exciting parts, Christina. Yay. Let's talk about this week's Teen Wolf. <laughs> okay, sounds good to Yay! Me. Okay, so, Christina, do you want to do a quick recap of the episode first? Okay, first I'm going to say, second episode, a lot better than the first one. Oh my gosh, so much better than the first episode. Like, mm -hmm. way out of its league, better than the first episode. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so they're all back in Beacon Hills now, which makes me happy. Yay. And Derek is baby Derek, and the episode starts off with a flashback of baby Peter trying to help baby Derek control his shifting, like during the full moon because he was playing basketball. And through the episode, it's basically just kind of trying to keep a handle on the situation, but of course them being teenagers, they fail horribly and keep messing up. <laughs> and they keep losing Derek. I've noticed that's a trend in the episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Derek ends up getting arrested. Yeah, by your by your man. Yes, by my man. But I won't get too into that because I know that is a discussion point we're going to talk about later. Yes. Um, and he ends up getting taken by Kate, who apparently did this whole thing to get him back to an age where she trusted, where he trusted her. So she he would let her into the Hale family vault, which is under the high school, because she wants the little tablet that. Um, we saw Peter using with him in the beginning to help him control the shift. And we can get into that at the end, because that was the big plot point that I think is building up for the rest of the season. Yes, I agree. Alright, so, um, I enjoyed that this episode was actually funny. That, yes. that was probably my favorite part of the episode. Like, Lyndon Ashby was hilarious in the scene that he did with, um, Styles and Scott. And he was like, who have you been time traveling? <laughs> because if time traveling is on the table, then I am out. That was the best. And that's when he said, "Where did you find him? Swimming in the center, swimming in the fountain of you." <laughs> um, I like that. Like they believe, like they have like cannibals and werewolves and wear jaguars and stuff. But when when um. Stilinski was like, have you been time traveling? So I was like, whoa, what? <laughs> um, let's see, I kind of was okay with Malia in this episode because she didn't have much of a role. I thought she was kind of endearing in that scene in the classroom. Yeah, that was kind of cute. Um, also, the way she highlights her books, that's the way I highlighted my books in high school and college. I literally thought of you when I saw her highlighting everything. I'm like, that's Kelly. Shut up. <laughs> I don't, I never know what to, what's the good thing to highlight. So I just highlight everything. And then when I find out what's good, then I like underline it. I just remember trying to like tutor you for one of your science classes or something. And 
picking up the paper and it was just like bleeding through you and highlighted so much. Shut up. I know. Also, I chose to use highlighters that bled through for some reason. Anyway, back to, back to Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that they did Cousin Miguel again. That he was yes. back. That was a really cute scene. Yeah. Miguel, what, I forget what he said his last name was, but it was like some... It was some really long, drawn-out, not-making-any-sense Spanish name. Yeah, also, okay, I said this to you when we were talking about it. Nicole, with the last name like Nicole, you aren't a native Spanish speaker. Maybe he's half? Maybe. I mean, he'd have to be if he looked, if he looked like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Del Negro, he speaks Spanish. <laughs> for the last... I I think that they just kind of weren't planning on him necessarily being Hispanic when they started the show. Yeah. So there's there's problem number one, Jeff Davis. The other problem I had with this episode was that a gas gauge does not show that it's full when the car is off. You were really upset about that. <laughs> I was really angry because it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. Like... I mean, maybe because most of the people that watch it don't drive. But I'm like, how did you even get that? You'd have to, like, start the car and then, like, block out the noise of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, also, all the guts and stuff in the in the bathroom is really scary. <laughs> You're not good with all that blood and gore. I am not good with all that blood and gore. I was freaking out. I didn't realize it was Kate the first time I watched it. What do you mean? Like, I didn't recognize her in the bathroom. Oh, in the bathroom at the gas station? Yeah. Like, I didn't realize it was Kate at all. At first, when he was just banging on the door, and they didn't show who it was yet, I thought it was going to be, like, Scott or Malia, like, injured or something. Uh-huh. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, Kate in this episode was just creepy. Yeah. It makes me really, really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not so much with the actor, Ian Nelson, because he's 19, but, well, which is also still gross, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think Derek's supposed to be, like, 16 years old, if that. Yeah. And that kind of gross. He's definitely that. supposed to still be in high school. Yeah. And, like, he looks pretty young. Yeah. And it's weird that she's, like, making out with him and, like, like flirting with him and stuff. Yeah, oh. Mm. Yeah. And also, as I said to you, I'm like, how did he recognize her when she's, like, 15 years older? Oh, I get him recognizing her. I don't get why he wasn't like, oh, you look different. Yeah. I, I would say that. Mm-hmm. He was just like, oh, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> First, you know, what did you think of the um, scene with Parrish and Derek? my baby um first i want to say that i'm really amused that Parrish's new partner is the son of the incredible hulk oh yes he is it's uh luke brigno jr Mm -hmm. who i feel like is being portrayed as such a douchebag that it's like being played to make Parrish look even better yeah because whose first thought is like oh this kid is trespassing i'm gonna grab him and tase him idiots and meanies yeah, I mean, that's like police brutality, like, if someone YouTubes it, you get arrested type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But I really, really enjoyed the scene at the precinct between Baby Derek and Parrish. It was just, there was something really endearing about it. And I do know that Ryan Kelly mentioned that he worked more with Tyler Hecklin this season, so I'm kind of interested in how that scene is going to play out in the friendship between those two characters. Yeah. I also wonder if Parrish is going to find out. Oh, he's definitely going to. But, like, everyone else, it takes them, like, a couple seasons. I, I don't know. It, from the spoilers that are coming out, it'd be weird if he didn't know. Because he seems, it sounds like he's pretty much going to become a member of the pack. Awesome! Awesome! Yay! I don't know how they're going to do this I'm in, like, about only ten more episodes. I I was already trying to, like, plot out how long different storylines are going to take. I'm like, I'm going to have a heart attack by the time the season's over. Yeah. I don't know. Um, those berserkers were super scary. They are creepy looking. They are scary. I would not want to be battling those things at all. Much less mm-hmm. see them ever. Like They're just really intimidating. Yeah, because they're so, like, big and, like, bony and weird. And... Like, you can't see their face, which freaks me out even more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was really scary. And let's talk about that battle scene, Christina, that you and I both had to watch a couple times to even understand what the hell was happening. Which scene? The scene where, basically, baby Derek turned back into regular Derek. I still don't get why he turned back. I don't either. Okay, so, the first time, his, like, when they smash his head against the locker and his face turns for just a second, I was like, oh my god, they've, like, messed up his face. (laughs) And then they did it again, and his face, like, turned to full, like, Tyler Hecklin in wolf mode, and I was like, that's weird. And then all of a sudden, he just became Tyler Hecklin. And then his eyes are gold now instead of blue. Yeah, why is that? I was reading a theory on Tumblr from many, many different people that it's not actually Derek, it's a doppelganger. What? Crazy. I'm not sure if... Because one of the main pieces of evidence they're using is that in the first episode, Tyler Hecklin is wearing a different shirt than they rescued Ian Nelson in. And I'm like, I'm not sure they thought that carefully. I think they're just picking green shirts that fit each one of them. Yeah, uh, I don't think they cared that much. Well, yeah, but we shall see. That would be crazy. Like a like a, a doppelganger? That would be insane. But a but cool plot That would twist. mean that Kate would have been in on it, and I don't think that makes sense given the storyline. I, I don't know. We shall see. We shall see. Oh, also at the end of the episode, we see what we what we think is the benefactor, at least his feet. Mm-hmm. And he yep. steals $117 million. From um, Peter and the Hale family. Was it just me, or did it seem like Peter was more pissed off that someone outsmarted him than the fact that he got robbed? No, I think he was more pissed that someone outsmarted him, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved Ian Bowen in this episode, by the way. I did, too. I liked the Satan and a V-neck thing. I thought that was really, really funny. Um, I was just cracking up, though, in that scene where... He's explaining to Kate about how it was just some random thing that Talia had. And then he's explaining that he taught Derek to use his anger. And then he's like, you want to get angry? Let's get angry. I thought that was kind of dumb. 
Yeah, that's why it was so funny. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, Ian, Ian Bowen? Just the way Peter is so overdramatic, I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Sometimes I go back and forth on liking Peter. I dislike Peter in a good way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just, I, obviously I dislike him in a good way, but but I go back and forth about whether or not I even dislike him in a good way. I'm just like, do I even like him right now? No. Kind of. Just <laughs> not, not cool. Also, I never liked Jill Wagner in first season. I'm kind of annoyed that she's back. <laughs> just the whole storyline with Derek makes me so uncomfortable that sometimes I can't quite look at her when she's on screen. Yeah, that is really uncomfortable. Um, so, I really liked Ian Nelson, who played Baby Derek. I thought he was really good. I saw Jeff Davis pretty much said that they came up with a de-aging storyline because they just wanted to bring Ian Nelson back. Nice. And I didn't know that Ian Nelson was in Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. I told you, and you're like, no. I know. Another thing that Christina has schooled me on. Yeah. Uh, among many things, so it's not like it's that exciting, Christina. I like to keep a tally. Jeez, oh, I can just imagine you at home, like, putting another tally mark on your wall. <laughs> Ways in which I've schooled <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> another one for my wall. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, I wanted to start another new segment called Episode MVP, where we talk about one person that we think, you know, stood out in whatever we're talking about for the episode. And so I think that this one should be Ian Nelson. So I think he was Mm -hmm. really, really good. He was, like, fruity and funny, and I think he did a good job being, like, a baby Tyler Hecklin. He did a, like, he even had, like, the little facial expressions and hand movements sound. It's like you can tell he did his homework. Yeah. He did a good job. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, do you agree with that MVP, or do you have a different one? No, I definitely agree with okay. that. I was either that or Lyndon Ashby. Just for the faces he was making when he realized what was going on. And also because I love him. He's the best dad ever. I'm excited for him to be more, like, crime solvy this season, because they said that he's really going to be doing, like, police work this season. Oh, Yay. I love his facial expressions when he was like looking at the at the criminal record and then looking at Ian Nelson, and then for a second mm-hmm. he was like, "That was the best." He's like, "Okay, I don't even like. I think that this could actually happen." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Well, maybe." <laughs> um, yeah, I thought he's, I thought he's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So, Christina, you had another discussion point you wanted to talk about too. Kind of, because I thought it kind of tied into another thing that we were reading about. So I was reading an interview with Ryan Kelly, Mm -hmm. who plays Deputy Parrish, for those of you who don't know. And so basically here's one of the questions. They said that um, because he had his big break in a movie called, I think it was Paris for Bobby. Okay. Where he plays a young man who's realizing that he's gay. And his family is very, very Christian. And he's struggling with it and trying to accept it and ends up committing suicide. 
And in the movie, like, his mother goes on to be realized, like, what happened and becoming a big gay rights activist. But so that was basically his big break. So the interviewer asked him, so playing a gay role isn't a new thing for you. But what if Jeff said, we're going to have Parrish be a gay character? What would your reaction be? And his reaction pretty much is like, well, when you're an actor, you should be able to, like, play characters that aren't you. Uh And that... The only problem he would have with the character pretty much is if a character just does things with no motivation. And he said, it's no different for me than playing a police officer. You're an actor. And he says it's a much bigger challenge for him to play a cop because he pretty much has no point of reference for it. But you're an actor. It's what you do. Right. And so when I was reading that, I was thinking about the story that came out recently about Luke Grimes leaving True Blood because he refused to play a character that was in a gay relationship. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. So, um, for those of you who don't know, Luke Grimes, who played James last season on True Blood, left the show and has now been recast in the new season because he refused to be in a gay relationship with Lafayette. Um, he said that, I've read an article about it, and he said that he would be okay if Lafayette, like, had a crush on him, but he did not want the feelings to be mutual. And if they were going to be, he was going to leave. I feel like he was playing chicken with the show and they called his bluff. Yeah. Maybe so. But, I don't know, I think that's pretty messed up. And then, like, right after, like, I think this week or last week, Ryan Quantum, who plays Sophie's brother Jason, had, like, a sex scene with Alexander Skarsgård. Really? Yeah. Which was really Hmm. random. I don't know the context of it, because okay. I don't watch the show, so I don't know if it was, like, a, you know, dream sequence or whatever. But, obviously, Brian Quanta and Alexander Skarsgård had no problem with it. But Yeah, but it's like, so I put this in the outline, but um, I was wondering what you thought about why everyone makes a big deal about how, like, groundbreaking and impressive it is when a straight actor plays a gay character, but then we expect gay actors to play straight characters all the time with no problem. I don't know, I think that it's harder for straight actors to play gay because they don't really have any, like, point of reference, really. You know, like, whereas gay gay actors are around straight people all the time, you know? Like, it's pretty easy to, like, pick up mannerisms or whatever. So I was like... I think I disagree with that, though. I don't know. I mean, I just, I wouldn't say that they are, I don't know, I wouldn't really say that gay actors are playing straight that often. I do agree that it's easier for gay actors to play straight characters than straight actors to play gay characters, but I think that's due more to the insecurities certain straight guys have about it. I think that's getting to be less of a thing now, though. I See, we think that because of the places that we live and the people we're around, but, like, in certain parts of the country, it's really not. It's still the same. That's true. We're pretty open-minded around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, seriously, I mean, I have to go back to Eric Stone Street and how awesome he is as Cam. I mean, look at that guy. He's amazing <laughs> as a straight then, actor. But then, it's like, I remember... I remember when there was this big controversy when um, Jonathan Groff started appearing on Glee. Yeah. 
because someone wrote an article about how he and other gay actors just aren't believable in straight relationships on television. Okay. I just remember that being a big deal because I think they also called out Neil Patrick Harris in the article for How I Met Your Mother. Oh yeah, he was really believable in How I Met Your Mother. N- yeah, but the article called it out as not being believable. The one that I don't think is believable is Jim Parsons on Big Bang Theory. But see, I don't even think that's not believable because he's gay. I think that it's hard seeing Sheldon in any kind of relationship. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm like, I can't tell if it's not believable or it's just that Sheldon is so weird that I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> I think it's just because Sheldon is so weird and ridiculous. It's weird seeing him in any sort of relationship where he has to give to the person instead of just taking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's not a lot of gay actors playing straight characters right now. Oh, there definitely is. I think I just watch more shows. I think you watch more than you do. Shows than I do, yeah. It's like white collar. Like Matt Bomer's totally believable. Oh yeah. I've never really seen Matt Bomer in anything other than Magic Mike. <laughs> Still in Magic Mike, I'm not sure if he was supposed to be gay or not. Well, he had a girlfriend. I thought in the movie. Oh, he did. I don't know. I thought so. I wasn't really. I was trying to figure out what the heck the movie was about. Yeah, I was about to say, I wasn't exactly watching for the plot. Yeah, I don't think anyone watches that movie for the plot. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that the gay actors are much better at playing straight. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's mostly because a lot of straight actors are just still very insecure about it and don't get that, you know, if they play a gay character, that doesn't make you gay. I know, I hate... I hate that idea that, like, oh, if you do this, you're going to be gay. I'm like, I don't think so, guys. Pretty sure that's not a It's like, I was was literally watching an episode of Seinfeld the other day Mm -hmm. where Elaine was trying to explain um, who this guy was that they all knew, and she described him as being really attractive. Yeah. And George is like, oh, I don't know who you're talking about. And she just turns to him and she's like, you know recognizing that another man is attractive does not make you gay. Uh, And then George is just like, well, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. You have to remember also that Seinfeld ended in, like, the 90s. Yeah, and I'm like, some people were still at that place. It's like, calm down. Even if someone does think you're gay, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. Uh, Well, a lot of people have a problem with it, which I don't understand. Yeah. Obviously, we live in a time and place where, like, we don't care. We don't really see that as mm-hmm. like, a way of even identifying people. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Oh, we're from California. We're not from, like, the Bible Belt. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. We're, we live in a time and place where it doesn't mm-hmm. matter to us. So, yeah. That's what I think. Uh, yeah. Are you ready for your ship moment of the episode? I think so, but I think you should go first. <laughs> okay. Um, my shit moment is from Timo. Duh. Shocker. Um, it's not so much a romantic relationship. I'm just really, really stoked that like Scott, Skiles, Scott and Styles are back like fighting crime together. I think they're like Yay. the cutest 
bros ever. <laughs> and they have, like, they're just best friends and brothers, and I love watching them together. And I like that um, Dylan and Posey are, like, best friends, too. And I think that definitely translates on the screen. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, that's my shit moment. How about you? So... I know they haven't had many scenes together, but I'm kind of shipping W.D. Parrish and Derek at the moment. <laughs> okay. They literally haven't had any scenes together except for Ian Nelson. I know. They had, like, one scene together last season where I don't even think they talked to each other. I think they looked at each other once. But it's just, like, with different rumors going around about where the season's going and thinking it out, I think they would be good together. <laughs> I think they would be good friends. We'll see how it goes from there. Well, I ship them because that's what I do. So their moment together was my ship moment because I want to see. I'm curious how Derek's going to deal with being de-aged for the rest of the season. Like, is he going to remember what happened and everything? Yeah, I wonder. So I kind of want to see a moment later where Parrish kind of realizes that it was Derek and there's a joke about it. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yes. So that was my moment. Alright. Nice. I like how our ship moments are now just Team Wolf, and our episodes are now just about Team Wolf. This because nothing else is on yet. But like, now that it's back, that's all we talked about now, so... Once other shows come back, it'll be better. Yeah. But we literally talk on the phone two nights in a row, like, discussing Team Wolf. <laughs> that's how... We're just overflowing. That's how lame we are, guys. <laughs> anyway... Um, if you want to catch up on all the episodes, you can you can download our our podcast on iTunes using your podcast app on your phone or tablet or the iTunes store. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. The podcast's Twitter handle is A L N M Podcast. Mine is X O X O Kelly Lee, and Christina is. Christina E02. And Christina, do you have our Tumblr addresses? Our podcast Tumblr is com. I am at callmechristinae.tumblr.com and Kelly is at xoxokellylee.tumblr.com You can also like us on Facebook. Yay! By searching for a little nerd music podcast. Or email us at alnmpodcast at gmail.com. And next episode... Oh, also, thank you everyone for getting us to 100 downloads. That's exciting. Yay. I'm pretty stoked. I think now it's at like 115, and I'm really stoked about that. So thank you all for downloading and listening, even though we still haven't heard from you. <laughs> We're glad that somebody's listening. Um, next episode is our 10th episode. Yay! I can't believe we've been doing it for that long already. Um, and we're gonna do a Disney theme. Because I love Disney. Disney. Who doesn't love Disney? I know some people that don't like Disney. People with no soul, (gasps) but people who don't like Disney. How dare they? Um, so we're going to talk about Marvel and Lucasfilm and um, all great things about Disneyland and like 
crazy Disney theories and stuff like that. So, join us for the 10th episode in two weeks, guys. Yay! I'm, I'm really excited for that episode. <laughs> I've been wanting to do a Disney episode for a while. Mm-hmm. So anyway, thank you all for listening tonight. Um, we will talk to you in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Sherry, Sherry baby, Sherry, Sherry baby, Sherry, Sherry baby, baby, Sherry baby, Sherry.